Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, driving passion for sport and communities throughout Ireland and abroad. We may not be able to get in on the sporting action we're used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their second year as official car partner of the GAA, Renault is offering a range of special offers on their new and used vehicles, exclusive to all GAA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out reno.ie slash j to find out more. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Murad into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. How are y'all folks out there? Hope you're all well this morning. Uh, looking out the window here in West Clare, it's reminiscent of Parky Keeve yesterday. Uh, incredible weather again uh, today. I don't know what it's like where you are, lads. Uh, delighted. The usual crew, Larry's, Larry's on base, and we've Mark and TJ and Ken Hogan. Not an easy day for you to come on, but fair play. No better, man. You came on after the All Ireland last year, when it was nice and easy, and you're on with us this morning after. A tough defeat, Ken. Yeah, a tough defeat, particularly when we sort of knew what we were, what was coming uh, from the point of view, I suppose. I was thinking about it there last night. A couple of things come to mind. One, we're the longest reigning All-Ireland champions in history, probably. <laughs> yeah. A year and a half, a half a year too long. Uh, we're still looking throughout the summer there and even in the last weeks of Shamey lifting the cup and is jogging around Crow Park as champions. Uh, usually that would be all done and dusted last April, you know, um, because... To be their club championship on and people were preparing for, for that. That was one thing that came to mind. The second thing, obviously, was the whole newness for tip of having to travel to Cork. Uh, no, no support um, coming into Cork. Limerick had that little bit of advantage of the Clare game. We didn't really have any tough game coming into the match either. We didn't really play too many ch- uh, challenge matches. I think we played Antrim and Offaly. Uh, so I think... The lads were saying we'll keep these guys fresh, we'll be ready for the fray. But then with the elements yesterday and what 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 uh emanated in Cork yesterday with the weather and the wind and the storm. And I think, you know, in hindsight, and hindsight's a great thing, and the GA is a hundred and nearly 150 years old or whatever it is, nearly that. But I felt that uh, nobody's come up to the right conclusion, and you've taken the toss enough times there to know uh, mm. we play with it or against it, but Yesterday, I think, was a day to play with the wind. We needed every advantage. 
we handed yeah. the advantage to Limerick straight away and they took it with both hands. And, you know, when Limerick get up confidence and Ger Hegarty, you know, Garod man of the match the last day, straight away, sure, he was having a stormer from the very get-go. And we were on the back foot, from, you know, and, and we just couldn't. We were just playing catch-up and we were actually fortunate in a lot of ways to be so close to Limerick. Yeah, maybe. And, you know, I can, we've, we've talked about this over the last few weeks and, and that you have to gamble especially in management, you know, you have to gamble. Like, did Tip maybe gamble a bit too much, even with the toss now? And that would be a management decision, as we know. Like, I never went up to call a toss and without instruction from Lengane or Gerlach Nan to say, or even a club level to say, what if we if we get the win, will we take it or go against it or whatever? The challenge matches as well, like, we all had heard about, you know, Cork Galway, Limerick Wexford, Clare Cork, Clare Kilkenny. Kilkenny played more challenge matches than normal as well like they don't normally do but then we heard like the tip and something I touched on Saturday maybe just a calculated gamble if it comes off for Liam it's a piece of genius I know he mentioned afterwards as well that that uh, Paddy Maher's knee hadn't been right and he had virtually done kind of two weeks training out of five and you know, looked off the pace and I just thought it was a few even with the pick I went for tip like they really thinking to be honest with you know that the half hour line would be uh, possibly Michael Breen, Bonner and um, Dan McCormack yeah. in any formation. And uh, Brian would have three target men to go to uh, what I would traditionally say. Like, And I I would have, like, I wasn't asked for my prediction just doing commentary, but I would have changed my mind if looking at the teams the way they were picked. Yeah, well, you know, Limerick were totally supreme. We have to hand it to them. They were absolutely outstanding in the way they applied themselves. As John Kiley mentioned afterwards, I don't think the lads even know who's the weather. So there you are. Um, and I suppose the biggest thing you mentioned, Dan. Dan carried a knock going into the game. Bonner was yeah. out of 26 with, 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 with an injury. Um, I was glad this morning at, at 8.35 when we got the, the week's break. It gives Seamus Kennedy a chance to get right. It gives Bubbles, I'm sure if, if I was Bubbles, I'd be down in the field in Killinall tonight, uh, doing the interval runs, doing the shooting. Um, he had been in poor shape throughout the championship in the club. He had carried yeah. hamstrings into it. In actual fact, he looked better. I was surprised, you know, even though he's carrying a bit, he looked a bit better than he did. He didn't look good at all in the club championship. So from that point of view, he's two weeks to contribute something to the cause. So from that perspective, I suppose Mikey Breen came in and looked on fire. And yeah. you, you need warriors. And Limerick have an abundance of warriors and an abundance of hurlers. And in fairness, of course, the master stroke from Kinnerk and Kylie to put Kyle Hayes back on half back. Keen Lynch totally comfortable at centre forward. Dara Donovan slotting into his usual role. I think uh, Limerick have a lot of aces in the pack and they're going to take a lot of stopping. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And uh, TJ, from your point of view, like, what could go? Yeah, I'm not going to say everything went right, obviously, but um, and it was obviously the goal, the second tip goal was um, how it was missed by everybody. I know now they have no cameras to be fair to them, and they've no VAR, but uh, it was a fairly comprehensive performance. It was very comprehensive, Dale. I will agree with that. I couldn't see the position of Liam Gordon for that actual goal on the television, so I'm not sure how far away he was. It happened very quick, to be fair to the referee. He did struggle with some of the decisions through the game, albeit the decision or the conditions were very hard. But 
To be fair to Limerick, it was a different scenario to the Clare game. Clare, six backs kind of more or less stayed zonal, where Limerick, their half forwards were coming deep and they got loads of shooting space from long distance. This game was different. You probably saw on television, the lads were watching television, um, Kinnerk at the first water break, effectively given the position of tip on the Limerick puck outs. Like, tip gave Limerick the puck out. You now have Barry Nash in a cornerback position where he mightn't be fully suited to from a defending point of view, but now he's getting puck outs in 30 yards of space. Nobody in front of him. He's getting time to pick a 60, 70, 80 yard pass and they're taking that sweeper out of it, right? So there's an awful lot of things that the lads have worked on very well. I was surprised with the Kyle Hayes move like you said, and, and, and the telly, the other Keen Lynch, I would definitely say you could probably play him in goals and I'd say he'd master it. That would make no difference to him. He is that type of player. But where, where the boys expecting maybe Tipperary to bomb Puckhouse down that side or whatever, and they put Kyle Hayes there and that threw the tip boys at the start. Um, it wasn't he, wasn't, he wasn't... he wasn't massively in the game in terms of plays, TJ, I'd say, in terms of like puck and ball or that. Yeah, no, he wasn't, no, but at the same time, he probably, still at the same time, he was effectively nearly a block wall over there, which is kind of a difficult one to kind of say, right, I'll go down there with the puck out to put him down top of Kyle Hayes, it's a difficult one. But, like, you got the sense that Tip had a lot of time to prepare for this game. They picked their team to suit Limerick rather than picking the team to suit kind of more or less themselves, right? As our Ireland champions, usually you wouldn't be picking a team to kind of maybe play against the opposition. And I suppose that's what Limerick have done to Tip over the last two years, even though Tipper are Ireland champions, it's a strange one. So they're not going away. Um, it wasn't a brilliant day for them. Maybe the weather didn't suit them. I was surprised with the Tip team when it was picked, but then I thought it might be a fresh angle about it. But overall, I think Sheedy summed it up best last night. They're handling errors. But like it was, at the end of the conversation, a comprehensive win for Limerick. Yeah, and like um, there's no doubt about it, the weather. <laughs> we have to allow for it, but... At the end of the day, like, Ken is after explaining the whole pile, I suppose, when he said that Dan McCormack had a knock. And then I didn't know until I arrived in Cork that Bonner wasn't in the 26. So that that explains the whole pile. And, and Michael Breen, to be fair, had a great impact off the bench and maybe he might have had the same impact if he did start. So I suppose that does explain. But Mark, yeah. again, yep. the stats, the stats would say, like, and I, I've gone through a few of the stats because RT is great with the stats now at the moment. Guy called Johnny Bradley there, he's unreal at him, like, and, and he keeps it fairly straight as well, like, it wouldn't yeah. bamboozle you. But turnovers in the middle area, like, uh, Limerick got 18 turnovers on tip to eight for tip, like, I mean, 10 more turnovers in that zone. It is very, very hard to take them on in that zone. Yeah, well, like, I think, like, we're, we're all now starting to appreciate how good Limerick are on the tackle and the physicality that they're bringing to it. And, like, to be fair, no tip aren't notion can vital it either because, they, like, we saw the stat last year that the team who fouled the most, I think Tipperary would have been high up in the, the fouling stakes last year in terms of physicality as well. So, but, like, Limerick have this down to a fine art and their midfield pairing at the moment yesterday were outstanding. Um, but I, I suppose in the overall context, Anthony to score 323 in the monsoon that we had yesterday and 216 from play was magnificent. And, they also bought just like the Pat Ryan and Shamie Flanagan off and uh, off the bench to make big contributions during the course of the second half as well. Yeah, well, like right. let's not forget now when Tip got the second goal, there was only six points in it, and there was about fifteen or sixteen minutes left. Tip still, I, I actually felt for Liam Gordon at that moment in time, like we didn't see it 
in real time what had actually happened with Noel McGrath. But then when RTE showed back the replay, it was quite obvious that he picked the ball up off the ground. And I just said to myself, Liam Gordon, I hope Tip don't win this game for your sake. And just for his sake only, because it would have been an awful scenario on his first big championship match that a big decision like that would against would have would have went against him. Now, I will say there's a failing on his umpires who were, would have been very close to the action because the ball was picked up on the 21-yard line that his umpires didn't see it. And I, I mentioned it last week in the pod and I was very strong on the technology side of things for the GA. The GA have got to use technology at all times. And if it takes a minute or two minutes to sort it out, it has got to be used. Uh, I, 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 Some friend told me today that Hawkeye has gone out of, of tolerance because of costs. If that's the situation, it's a disaster. Like the big stadiums like Crow Park, Tullus, and Parky Cueve, and they're to mention Parky Cueve, you were there. The mm. field was absolutely magnificent and the way it held up and the rain that fell. And like, for people that, you know, in Cork, the rain that fell on Sunday was unbelievable. And it didn't just fall at match time, it fell right throughout the day. And there was no sign of water on the pitch and stuff like that. But Coming back to the main point, technology. You have to use technology. And Liam Gordon would have been so happy that somebody in his ear would have said to him, listen, Liam, Norm McGrath has picked the ball off the ground. It's a free out for Limerick. And Mark, I do, Mark, Mark aren't every, isn't every pundit in the Premier League giving out yards about, about VAR? Like, Do we want to go down that road? No, we don't want to go down. But you see, most of the problems with VAR is the offside rule that a fella's toe or his nose or his ear or his elbow is offside. And with all due respects, like that, the offside rule in soccer, yellow is impossible to get right. But simple things like the handball in soccer that we've seen or a fella tripping a fella, you hear no pundit complaining about that. And I don't think we'd have any complaints yesterday if somebody said to Liam Gordon, that's an obvious pick off the ground. And like there, he had two umpires, and maybe one linesman close to the action that didn't spot it. But look, yeah, what, what I would happened. say there is, it went on long enough between him consulting with the umpires. Now it was very difficult for the umpires at that goal with the rain baiting into their faces, right? Correct. He, but he made his way out slowly into Pod Dwyer. Poor old Tommy Dunn got sent to the stand. Uh, Paul Kinnerk had a few words, and the players had a few jostles. But like, surely there should be someone looking at a monitor that could say. No, Liam, clear pick off ground. And, and that's what I'm saying to you. It's technology. We Everybody who is watching at home in RT, after 20 seconds of the this had been blown, we all knew it was a free. And we're all hoping that his umpires would have seen it. I think the conditions didn't help the, the, the referee yesterday. And I don't think the umpires, they obviously didn't see it. And part of the world didn't see it either. Because if they did, they'd have obviously said to him he, he picked it off the ground. So you have to allow for the conditions yesterday. But it's up to Crow Park and GA and the decision makers to use the TV cameras or use the monitor. That's the big thing. Like, RT are covering the game. Why isn't there a feed between a referee and, 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 and like, with, with communication now? It was a simple thing yesterday, Anthony, that somebody's watching the monitor. You've covered enough games. We've all covered games where we see the replay and we automatically know straight away that's a mistake and give the referee some help. And we've often said this on this show, the referee has too much to do. I remember in the first half, after the penalty, or when Galan scored the penalty, I was watching Liam Gordon coming down, trying to write the score down. I was saying, is he using a pencil or is he using a buyer? Because the kind of, his paper must have been drawn with yesterday. I thought it was very yeah. hard on any referee who was refereeing in the conditions yesterday. 
Yeah, well, I think we, we've agreed long enough, TJ, that those things should be taken off the ref, like having to keep right yeah. down scores. Like. Absolutely scores. I, I definitely think the fourth official can help the referee in a lot of different areas. The technology, I'd be in favour of, but there would be a fear like VAR and like the TMO and rugby that you'd start going there for too many decisions. I was watching Dale, your beloved sports last night, right? Yeah. I just, a tackle happens literally one and a half yards straight in front of the referee and he's got to go to the TV for a minute and a half to try and make up his mind. We don't want those scenarios. But anyway, to get away from the referee, like to be honest, the, one of the key stats that I saw from the game was that shots at the post, right? To barely believe it or not, they only had one wide yesterday, right? They only had 11 yeah. shots at the post in the whole, in the whole game. Like they scored nine of them, they had one wide and one went out for a 65, whereas Limerick had 26 shots at the post. So 26 against 11, that stat was probably one of the key stats of the game. Tip just couldn't get the ball, they couldn't get into the shooting area. They have great forwards, as we well know, but I just think that maybe the, 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 the tactics that Tip used, they were planning for the game a long time, it just threw them at the start of the game. Like I forecast during the week that Alan Flynn would be pinpointed to pick up Keane Lynch. That was in the middle of the field job. Then their half-back line is interrupted because Alan Flynn is now at centre-back. It just didn't work for him at the start and they kind of seem to be playing catch-up. I'd also agree with Ken there. I do think that maybe the position tip we're in, they probably should have forced the player. Like I think playing with the wind might have asked different questions at least. Like I'm kind of of the philosophy. I better, I prefer to be looking at it than looking for it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like so we'd always yeah. nearly go and play with the wind. Yeah, but, but the one thing that we were definitely certain of going into the match is that any team who played a game was going to be a help to them. And Limerick had that game played a week in advance. That was definitely going to be a help to Limerick. And the fact that they, they, the tip decided to play against the Breeze, it did hand the initiative over to Limerick. And I would say, Garod Hagerty, the point that he scored, that he, he got it about fought, he took it into a position where he was comfortable in knocking the ball over. You'd often see a forward who'd get the ball and hit it on sight straight away. But it, there's a composure about this Limerick team that's way above anything that we've seen so far this year. Yeah, it was in a bit of contrast to the Mark one after half time when Tippett started okay, that he should have just taken his point, but he kind of was in the two minds, Ken, and you, and you can't buy what Hagerty has and yeah. the time and exposure he's had at that level. But, but, but more often than that, Anthony, when, when players are in really, really good form, they seem like they have always got time in their hands, you know? The, the good players always seem to make, like TJ Reid always looks like he's got time. Now, a lot of that is down to his skill level that he kills the ball and, and a couple of the scores that he got on, on Saturday night were just phenomenal, his, his skill. But all the good players seem to have a lot of time and composure. And maybe Marco is probably his, his first time starting maybe for Tipperary. He was a little bit anxious and he was the first player that was withdrawn. And we all know how that feels when you're under pressure and you're maybe not going as well as you should be going, that you're inclined to snap and do things a bit quicker than normal. But I thought Hegarty is very composed and... At the moment, he's the front runner for the whole of the year if Limerick go on and win the All Ireland. Yeah, well, we, we, we have to remember, yeah. Ken, as well, like that uh, coming out of the Gaelic Grounds last summer, we had Limerick cruising to the All Ireland as well, hadn't we? And you know, there's a, there's a lot of ball to be played yet. Like. There is, and uh, you know, it is a strange one, really, mentioning Gerard Hegarty, mentioning Tom Morrissey, you know, they had huge influence in the game again. And Tom Morrissey was, you know, nearly. Banjax after a, a Kyle Hayes um, yeah. collision, Clash. and yeah. it just didn't phase him one one thing, one little bit. But I think you know the Dermot Burns factor as well. Um, he really nails you when he gets that ball, and it's amazing the amount of space he gets and he drills. He got three points like you know at wing back. Um, 
from his point of view, we were in trouble in so many different facets of the play. But the danger, Mark, you mentioned Garouge there having the composure book the ball over there. I'd say two or three times he was running in saying, Can I, you know, can I create a goal scoring situation? If there were two points down, he'd be in yeah. a situation where would I create a goal scoring situation here? Because he was running free, you know, and obviously Potty brought that injury into the match. You know, there's going to be question marks now in tape, obviously. You know, a day or two, uh, people will say, oh, uh, you know, they'll forget about the weather. They'll forget about uh, yeah. what happened. They'll be saying, well, is there anything left in the tank? Is there anything left in these fellas? And I just hope that, you know, Liam and Tommy Dunn, they were the most animated figures I saw at the very camp yesterday. We needed their uh, passion and drive out there yesterday. We didn't get down over the ball. We didn't win the dirty ball. You mentioned the turnovers. We didn't get hurt. Uh, going in low to collect the ball. We actually lifted a couple of balls uh, up off the ground like we were out fishing and you could have fished yesterday with the weather conditions. But you've got to go in where it hurts and uh, the Dan McCormick's and the Bonners of this world and Seamus Kennedy's who's a, you know, as a county footballer was, you know, was a revelation last year for tape. I think we badly need these guys to get back into the fray. Um, That would, you know, to freshen things up, I'm a bit surprised Owen Connolly he has a 20 and 21 All-Ireland under his belt. I know he's only under 20 still captain, but Owen Connolly has that rawness, but he also has savage ability, you know. I'm a bit surprised as regards fresh blood that maybe he hasn't been introduced into the setup because he's all the makings of a good one. Or Ken, I, I, I know it's only the Clare match, very impressed with Conor Bowe as well, like big units, you know, offer something different, I think. Offer something different, but Tip will be a lot more... Uh, knowledgeable, you know, a lot of lessons learned yesterday. There'll be a lot more knowledge coming into the next two weeks because we're going to get a tough one, whether we like it or not, in two weeks' time. And we yeah. need to be going for that all guns blazing. And I'd say even with the preparation going into the game, uh, the way we'll approach the game, the way we'll travel to a neutral venue, uh, the way we'll set up because, you know, Liam Sheedy's passion for the game, um, the way he, the way he uh, approaches the game, Tommy Dunn, it's all about all in, everyone in, and that belief with what each other. I'm sure it was an eerie feeling last yesterday going down to Cork. Limerick had probably experienced that the Sunday before, but as a collective unit, I think Tipper are going to be in a better frame of mind, better physically, better mentally. If we're not, lads, well, then the writing's on the wall. But surely, if there's any blue and gold blood uh, running through our veins, this team will be up for it. Uh, and and you know, their pride is dented, you know. And I hope that we 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 rebound uh, with, with a bit of. But can like you came, you came through the back door, I suppose, last year, and and you got a draw against Leash. I suppose was, was probably the perfect draw that Tipperary could have got last year to get the show back on the road. And Roger Lucas was against Wexford. Wexford probably on the day, probably maybe for sixty minutes, possibly with a better team. But in fairness, a tip they, they hung in there, but. The conditions, I wonder, did the conditions, and we mentioned it in the pod last week, I was just a bit concerned that Tullus Sarsis had been out of championship early and the McGraths were beaten in two county finals. I felt that it, there might be a bit of a hangover and they are All-Ireland champions at the end of the day and Liam Sheed done a fantastic job. And sometimes, and I've often mentioned the gnawing the wire, like our fellas willing to gnaw the wire to get to the ball. And it's a bit what you're saying there about are they willing to get down over the ball and take that belt and get that hurt and it just there is a question mark there at the moment. No, no better crowd and tip to come back and address that. And 
the possibility of the draw, like you have Leash and you have Leash and Claire there. I think if they got you know the winners of that, they won't be overly concerned. And maybe on Dublin or Cork, I don't know what what way that will go. I mean, but there is a I think there is a, whoever comes through either of them, if tip hit form, they will be expecting to get through. I think on any either of the two winners from the, from the first round of the, the, the qualifiers. Yeah, well, that's where, you know, we have a strong management team and I think they have that experience of being involved before Eamon was involved in 2014. They rebounded back very well. I think the Wexford match last year, Mark, you know, we were four, we had 14 men for 35 minutes. We showed, I think that was one of the great days for Tape. Um, I think it's still in the tank. I think Paddy mm-hmm. the man of great pride. I rate him very highly. Um, he will rebound because he's in in great physical condition. Obviously, that knee injury uh, coming into it, he would have been a bit stale. But I believe um, that Cork, Dublin, Leash, obviously still involved. Clare, everybody's smarting after the weekend. It's not just tape. Everybody will be smarting, you know, and out to prove something. So I think, you know, while we invite it next weekend, the following weekend, we have to be razor sharp. We have to be going through it. And I'd say a lot of our hurling this week will be Razor sharp stuff. I think um, we'll be nailing a lot of things that went wrong last weekend, trying to, and obviously freshen the thing up as well. You know, hopefully some of those injured players will come back, but we still have a lot of work to do. Yeah. TJ, would you still have, like, we know the qualifiers now, we know the six teams in there, and we know the two teams, Wexford and Tip, that have the sort of buy to the, the final of the qualifier of six, let's say. Um, uh, would you still have tipped the strongest in the, in the pot there? I would, quite simply. Yeah. I still think that they have most to offer. I think that, uh, as I said already, Sheedy hit the nail on the head. They just didn't get to that pitch in the middle third. They didn't get their hands on the ball. Uh, they were dictated by Limerick. It just, for whatever reason, and look, there's a lot of smart boys around those those setups, the tip setup we talked about, the other setups in a while. Like, what Ken is saying there about the, maybe the undercooked or the overcooked, right? Was it like it's a difficult one first day out to meet a team that's just had a prep, everything they've gone through the game? Like, there probably wasn't a massive amount of intensity in the Clare game where Limerick were kind of, let's say, had a difficult week. They were just primed for it. It just suited them. And the conditions then, like, I'm not saying that they would have suited like no hurler wants to play in those conditions because every hurler wants to play in nice. Like, just a comment to actually, uh, Mark, we'll be giving you plenty of sticks through the year. In fairness to the park, right? It looked incredible on the television, like and it took the weather really, really well. But to answer your question, Dela, I still think the tip will be dangerous. There are Ireland champions for a reason. There's an awful lot of players, they have a lot of options. Maybe they picked their team to suit Limerick rather than picking the team to suit themselves for the first day out. And I think that that's maybe the point that might get fixed next day out. They won't have the same sort of scenarios to be dealing with. And I think you will see a different tip team the next day. Yeah, and um, uh, Larry, do we know, um, or you might check for us as we're going along, the winners of Clare, Clare will be favourites to beat Leash, that's, we can't get away from that. Yeah. Cork are installed as favourites to beat Dublin, that might be a lot of people um, disagreeing with that after the weekend. Yeah. Um, do we know then who who meets who, or is it full open draw? Full open I draw, think, Larry. I think, open draw, Anthony, yeah. I think it's an open draw. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so Wexford could play a tip, like. Correct. 
Right, okay, yeah. okay. That's that's just an interesting one. I, I'd expect Clare to come through. I think the other one is still up for grabs. But um, totally, after the way yeah. Dublin performed in the second half against Kilkenny, Dublin will have no fears of playing Cork like next, next weekend. Like. Yeah, yeah. It was a funny one now. We, it was at that as well. And, and it was a weird match, to be honest. But showed a lot. But look, yeah, we leave it there. Like it was, it was the, the park, the park lads will never change now from the pitch wise, Mark. It's oh, no, Crow Park surface now, do you know? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. yeah I think there's about there's about two 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 feet of of rock and stone gone down underneath. Yeah, another you know foot and a half of sand, and then the topsoil on top of that. But like we saw him the club championship this year, it was magnificent. But the way it stood up yesterday, in particular, because the rain that fell for five or six hours before the match and fell during the match. And I was watching the, the match in Bally Buffet, Donegal and Tyrone. I mean, you oh. should have seen the state of that pitch, like, even before it started and the way it cut up during the course of the game. So I saw it. It, I saw it, I saw it, it. it was a bit like watching the Premiership from 20 years ago. Like, you know, or, or the, or the, National League, the, the National League in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, no, oh, yeah. it's magnificent. And, and I hope that from a Cork point of view... Like that, they would that the pitch will get a couple of matches in the qualifiers, or maybe in All Ireland. Say, I don't know what's going to happen, how they're going to play out, but that field needs to be used in the conditions now. And to be fair, I, I think the fact that it is in a bold, I don't know, did the wind get in or in effect the free takers that much so because the quality of the free taking was excellent yesterday. Oh, yeah, geez, you have to give it like Aaron, Aaron Gillan missed one. But yes, you you could allow him that on his performance yesterday. But uh, right. uh, with the wind, but geez, even Jason Ford into the wind was incredible. Levels yeah. of skill, lads, and and you know, I, you know, even going back to that famous match in fourteen, TJ with the rain. Yeah, and it probably was worse that day, the rain, even if it's possible, than yesterday. But like the way now technology has improved, and I suppose the fellas changing grips every, and of course the water breaks are a help as well, and all that. But like the way they were able to put up a score like that yesterday it was incredible in, 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 in those conditions it was and as you said about the composure and the shot selection like they didn't do anything that was out of kilter for the team even the reaction of the players after that goal say for John McGraw was allowed like like no, no, no doubt about it finely tuned and like everything went according to plan like we will talk about another game in a while I think where there was whatever, 25 or 6 wides but there was only 6 wides in the whole game 5 for Limerick and 1 for Tip which, given the conditions and given the intensity of the player on the middle toward, was incredible. It just shows, as you said, maybe the intelligence of the players. They were trying to take the right option as much as possible. I presume, lads, Munster final will go to Parky Heave. That's, that's the expectation, anyway, Anthony. Yeah, that is the expectation. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, why? I mean, I mean, like, Turles is really natural soil. We all, we all would say Turles are our favourite place to play on a summer's day, but. With the rain that's fallen and all that, surely with the sort of Crow Park, Parky Keeve options that the provincial finals should go to the best surfaces, like for sure. I think you're also protecting the other surfaces as well because there probably will be more matches in Tullus. I, I would expect that Dublin, is it a possibility that the Dublin Cork game and the Leash Clare uh, game could double be a double header in, 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 in Tullus over the weekend? That's what would make sense anyway. but I mean, you must protect the surface as well because with the rain that has fallen, pitches will get cut up. So I would expect that the Munster final will be will be on in Parky Creventry, definitely. Yeah, you could have won Limerick, won Turles with the no crowds and, um, you know, the pitches now, depending on what state they're in, you know. Um, yeah. It's a hard, hard one to call. But look, sure, 
comprehensive from John Kiley's men and we're getting used to it. And uh, But as we, we will say, we we were all very gung-ho coming out of the Gaelic grounds last year that that, that, that was it for Limerick. So, TJ, you'll be wary. We go back in order of the games. That's TJ, a lot of your boys uh, with the club featuring very strongly again. And uh, Galway dismantling the Wexford system. Now, Davey was very strong and that the, whatever system you have, and he mentioned three or four systems, that if you don't fight, uh, you'll win nothing. And he was very, just was a fair frank interview anyway. The one I heard on the News Talk one, he wasn't holding back anything anyway. <laughs> he yeah. ripped. Um, no, he was saying we, some people were, I think, construing it that he was throwing the players. And I had my own moment on that when I famously said, if I picked up 15 at the Red Cow against Kilkenny 12, I'd apologize to the boys on a Tuesday night. <laughs> I didn't mean it like it sounded like, you know, but he didn't. I think he was saying we didn't fight, you know, and then I suppose he'd taken his share. But Galway are the one team Wexford haven't. Now, they got the draw last year in Salt Hill. Galway minus Joe and all that. And a funny game. The shooting, if you remember that match last year, was bananas bad and the wind and Salt Hill and everything. But Galway are the one team that Wexford haven't seemed to be able to get to grips with properly uh, since Davey took over, let's say. Yeah, possibly. But uh, I will open here with kudos to Shane Neal and John Fitz and, and Fergie, these boys. They got everything right. It's a feckin' limerick. It's a feckin' limerick. Love in here this morning. Go on. No, credit where credit is due. These boys would have been under pressure coming into the game, first championship match. To me, tactically, they got it spot on. They got the matchups really, really, really right. And like the way the game has gone, Delroy, there has been, there, like, the game is changing, right? I'm kind of a little bit worried that this hurling kind of morphing into football is morbid, right? It's getting harder to watch. And some of the games over the weekend wasn't ex- as exciting as we would have normally kind of maybe previewed for a hurling weekend. But the way the game is going, see, if you give the ball to a good team, like they might give it back to you. But if you give the ball to a really good team, they'll hurt you. And that's the way it's gone, right? And really, Galway didn't give the ball to Wexford. They couldn't get that running game. They just, they, they mastered the puck outs very well. The new goalie, the four or five new players, Con Cannon's a fine forward, Shane Cooney, and, um, and Finton very good at the back. So a lot, a lot of positives for Galway. But I did think that tactically and matchup wise, they got it very right. Yeah. And like Mark, TJ, TJ highlighted. No, we talk about Cork in a few minutes. Um, but TJ or not TJ? Sorry, Jackie, JT. I we call Jackie Turl JT. So TJ, yeah, yeah, it's easy enough to do. But Jackie highlighted the three new boys and the impact they made. Like, but compare, we'll say to Dara Connery and Sean O'Leary here is like like Finton Burke, you know, uh, Brian Conkenan. And Class. Sean Loftus are not greenhorns, like oh my god, they were magnificent. All three, yeah, of but them they're were not, they're not yeah. debutants, like by any means, like they've all right. been on the panel three years, like yeah. But I, 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 and I would say this is a this is potentially a weakness. If we'll be talking about Cork in a minute, as far is that you have to have a real backup of 15 or 20 fellas behind your main squad, and I think the Dublin footballers have been doing that for six or seven years, Anthony, and I, I think. Brian Cody has been doing it for a long time as well because if you go back to a number of All-Ireland finals, he played fellas on their debuts. Walter Welch comes into mind straight away. Liam Blanchfield is another fella that comes to mind. They came in at All-Ireland final stage and they said, Jesus, is this a dummy team or is that a mistake and stuff like that? But they obviously had been in the background working away. And what what surprised me is the physical conditioning of the three Galway lads 
They're a very big, strong part. Now, Conkennan isn't a big man, but he's strong. There is a difference. And um, like the likes of Jack O'Connor and Ryan Turnbull, when we introduce them, they're very, very light lads. And at this time of the year, it's not going to suit them. They're top of the ground players. So yeah. there certainly is, I would say, in Kieran Kingston's, and we, we've got, look, we'll be going into Cork in a minute. I don't know whether John Myler, I suppose, over the last two years would have had an outside panel, maybe of 15 or 20 fellas walking away behind the scenes because it's one of the things if you want to freshen up and get new blood into your team, you need to have them working in the background. You can't just parachute a fella in, I think, with no experience whatsoever <coughs> under it. So, but I mean, going back to, sorry, your original question was the three Galway fellas. Yeah. I thought that all three were excellent. Now, it's always a way easier to play on a team that plays well and is winning. And from the get-go, uh, Galway were on the front foot and for lads making, you know, coming in on the first occasion, it's always better that you're, you're playing on, on a winning team. And it makes and it easier for them. Dale, what I will also say there is there might be a couple of things that might go unnoticed. Like look at the job that Joe Cooney did, right? Look at the job Joe Henning did winning primary possession. He wasn't the main man up top. And like Gerard McInerney, like even look at the job that Connor Cooney did. Look at his position in a three or four times, the big man back in the halfback line. So I will say, like, we have to give them credit. Tactically, they absolutely stifled the Wexford game. They just never gave it a chance to get rolling. I will say also what David Fitz is saying about the three or four different plans. If your players aren't playing well, then your game plan isn't going to ever be as good as you want it to be. You like The first key fundamental requisite yeah. fundamental of any game plan is your players have to be playing well. Yeah, it's a bit yeah, like you touched on with tip the situation as well. Sorry, lads. Go on. Um, I have to mention from a goalkeeper's point of view, Ian and Murphy, uh, the Tommy Larkins man from oh, Galway, uh, played very well and made a vital save before Galway really got on top, before that fortuitous, and, and it was a bit fortuitous, ball landed in the square, goalkeeper and full back line collide and Concanon finishes the job. And I think that put daylight between um, Galway and Wexford. I think Wexford are well in it up to then. But Ian Murphy, I was very impressed with him in goals. He was smart. He was quick. It was his first game playing with the county. I think it's a huge relief for Shane O'Neill and John Fitz that they have a guy now that is taking over that tough mantle from Colin Callanan. So from that perspective, you know, you know Galway. We know him for years. They have the flair. They have the hurlers. When they get on top of you, they are going to be very hard to stop. And once they got ahead of that six, seven points ahead, you know, there was no way back for Wexford. They were just choked uh, all around the pitch, just could not get into the game. And everything they tried went wrong. They had they had a really bad day at the office. It just didn't work out for them. And I think Davy, with his post-match interviews, as we well know, there's more to Davy than we see. I think he was really riling the Wexford lads. When we come back for the next game, by Jesus, lads, you better be on top of your toes because uh, he knows that that wasn't the true Wexford uh, performance. Yeah, no, no disrespect, Ken, but I hope it's Wexford and, and Tip. <laughs> well, Mark, we look, TJ wasn't no TJ, TJ, I think, predicted him to win Leinster or Galway. Um, and we were on Wexford. We, we, uh, well, we probably didn't. Was it, was it perfect for Shane O'Neill to rile up these players that they were like their champion 17, beating a point by Limerick in 18 last year? Like freakish draw between Kilkenny and Wexford. No, they didn't do their own business in Parnell Park. But it was a freakish enough draw between Wexford and they got knocked out. And Shane took up the run. Now we did suspect that maybe first inter county job and the players Mihal had a rapport and 
Uh, but did we did we underestimate them? I know we knew they were going to be down the two Burks, David and Dahi, you know, and they're big yeah. men, like. Yeah. But Jesus, well, like they, they, it's very easy to talk today, you know. Yeah, they have found great replace. They have found great replacements, to be fair. And 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 I'd say TJ, I give you great credit for the work that you've done with St Thomas's as well. I mean, Finton Burke was outstanding over the weekend, and, and you'd highlighted him um, during the course of the club championship this year that he had played extremely well. Um, like. The one thing we've always known about Galway is they have plenty size and plenty physique. And then when you see the likes of um, Cahan Mannion and Jason Flynn, I mean, they have they have pace to burn and they use it in abundance over the weekend. I must say that we thought that the, um, the advantage would be with the more experienced managers and stuff like that. But the one thing that the likes of Liam Cahill and um, Shane O'Neill have brought, it, they seem to have brought a, a real freshness to it. And I saw it firsthand with Cahill in the league match where Cork played Waterford at the start of the year. Really impressed with the tempo that Waterford brought to the game. And I think Shane O'Neill obviously has done something in, in, in God. There's a freshness about them. There's a liveliness about them. But I must say, I was more impressed with Shane O'Neill's demeanour on the sideline over the weekend, he looked as composed. He felt very comfortable. And there are a couple of times, you know, and you look at the, the sideline, and you'll be always looking for little pointers. The animation on some of the managers over the weekend, Liam Sheedy, Davey, Kian Kingston and Dermot O'Sullivan, you could see the animation on their face coming a mile away. But the one person I thought was stone cold was Shane O'Neill. I thought he was really impressive, I must say. TJ, TJ, he's like that anyway, though, isn't he? He's like that anyway, Dale, but you know this as well as I do. It's, it's, it's very easy to look composed when things are going your way. Like, you know what I mean? When you're in a hole, it's very, it's, it's much more difficult. But I, we, I suppose I did see that some of those goblet players, like Can Cannon has the makings of a serious forward. He's not as small as you think, Mark. He's tall enough. And like, right, okay. the final this year, right? Like, and he's bold as well, and the goalie as well. I just like the way they go about their business. One player we haven't mentioned, right, who is a serious forward, is Conor Whelan. Yeah. He's just as strong as a bull. He's just able for that physicality. It's very difficult. Even, like, you know, he's, he's great centre of gravity because he's able to pick the ball so low a lot of the time. Like, right? But it's just very difficult to win a ball off him. He got a couple of great scores. But they, but they have the players. Joe Cooney back. I said big players. Like, where's Dahi Burke going to slip in? Like, they did pick their team again to kind of suit the Wexford style. They got the matchups right. And as I said, look, on the day, it worked for them. But I, and I like he's been he, sorry, go on, Mark. I, I don't think the, I, I don't think Dahi Burke is going to going to slot back in, TJ. I, I like I think Shane O'Neill has has the players exactly where he wants them at this moment he's in time. Like he's a fair full back, no, Mark. Ah, jeez, yeah, Mark. I tell you, if I, he'd slot in, I I say David might slot back into midfield. No, he could slot back into wing yeah. forward or that. I I would say, but he, I I I lads, I thought the move of the game was Parik Mannion to midfield. Yeah. That, that, the two minions midfield but just Parik was a, even going forward like he was a driving force going forward and coming off Joe's shoulder there in the second half you know real geez, he's some player Parik Mannion like he's not quite as silky as Kyle but he he's that bit of rawness like and, and I thought him to midfield was a bold and of course with the likes of Finton Burke being fully fit and available and Dahi to come back in, that might be something that will be left yeah, but there. It's, but it, it's very hard to change a team, you know, on a winning performance. And I mean, like to a man, every one of the Galway players hauled out of their skins over the weekend. They have a nice, they have a lovely balance about it. I know Dahi Buck's a fantastic player, but isn't it great? Like we saw with the county championship in, in Black Rock, they had two or three fellas that were definitely good enough to start, but they didn't start them. And 
we saw it in 99 with Jimmy Barry Murphy, with Alan Brown and, and, and Kevin Murray, who always came off the bench and did feel well. And we played with the same 15 players for the whole course of the year. I I think that some managers will t- will will be f- will be very slow to actually change a winning formula. And you know, in the overall context, I mean, Galway were the most impressive team for me. I, I'm not, like we know Limerick, right? But like we we felt that the Wexford, there, a lot of people would have felt the Wexford would have beaten Galway over the weekend, and Galway just blew them away. One twenty-seven to seventeen points. That's not a close game. That's a hammering. That is that's 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 an All Ireland potential winner performance, and we'll be talking about the Leinster final in a minute. Like I would have been, I would have been saying, you know, Kilkenny if they get to the final, they, they, they'll win it if they get there. But I I wouldn't be so sure now. But is it the first time that we are talking about Galway and we're not mentioning Joe Canning as being the main man? And yeah. like for years we've always been saying, if Joe Canning plays well, Galway will win. It's the I first time. I still think he played well, Mark. He, he did win some good primary position. He, he, he did, TJ, but, but TJ, in a different role altogether. Yeah. I'm not writing him off or saying that he's in the twilight. But yeah. Galway are not as reliant on him now as they used to be. I, I think he loves that as well, like, doesn't oh, he? He absolutely. loves it. like Absolutely. Yeah. It's a freedom in it. And he can go away and do, do some of the dirty work now, the donkey work, and get in the flicks, get in the touches. It's early days, yeah, though, Mark. It's early days, Mark. When you when it comes to the crunch, it's the big guys who stand up. You'll oh, still yeah. need big Joe. You'll still need Joe when the crunch comes. Um, it's, and it's the old cliche now. It's not the team you start with. It's the team you finish with. And to have mm-hmm. the Burks in reserve and co, I think it's so important. Evan Nyland only came in. He got a bit piece. He was very good in the league. But you know Galway, they have a fantastic, you know, panel there. And Kilkenny... Well, obviously, the best thing that ever happened, Kilkenny, was the nearly got. If Kilkenny had won by 20, 15, 20 pints, uh, I can tell you they'd be caught a tartar in the final. But the best thing that has happened, Kilkenny, now is what what occurred yeah, last Saturday. So, from that perspective, we're going to see a right bit of a, a Linster final as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, yeah. we talk about, but TJ, just what will Wexford training be like tonight? Oh, mental, I'd say. Just goes out. <laughs> <laughs> it goes, it goes out in Dahi Burke. I'm sure that the boys would have asked uh, Dahi um, after the game or this morning or whatever, how's the leg, Dahi? We have a little bit of a babysitting job to do there on Saturday week because uh, kind of the <laughs> pictures have organised. So I'm sure that Dahi, yeah. we, we, we will see him. But Wexford, yeah, um, yeah I, I felt like last year I thought Wexford played very well. They were bombing on. Their game plan is very much um, on really, really hard running up and down the pitch. It is tough. That's a tough game plan to keep going. They did have it mastered to a degree last year, but close to getting there on the final. That's very, very difficult to keep going year in, year out. Uh, their club championship has been finished a long time. And like the question there you said about Tip, right, where, where some of the teams undercooked, maybe didn't the day because they were finished, were they overcooked or whatever? They definitely didn't play well. They'd be disappointed with us. There will be a kick in them. And I wouldn't like to be playing Wexford in the next game, though. No. I definitely will be expecting a serious kick here. Did, did you find it strange that John O'Connor wasn't started, TJ? Jack. Jack O'Connor, sorry. Jack, yeah. 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 Look, I, I, I always find it strange, and I was going to make this point, and I know the Cork, I'm not sure whether they're forced or not. Like, I don't understand why somebody names a team on Friday night, right, and plays a different team. I, I, I just don't get it. I didn't do it in my time. For the reasons of like what message are you sending out to the players? I, it just doesn't make sense to me. But yeah, there was a couple of decisions in the Wexford as to why they weren't certain. I don't know. But look, 
when you're not inside the camp and you don't know yeah. a bit like Pereira, you don't know the injury situation, you don't know the training. So you have to like all these boys are intelligent and smart lads. So you have to grind them that they know what they're at. I just thought he had a he had a magnificent season last year. He's a big rangy forward and very, very good scorer as well. I just I was a bit surprised that he wasn't staffed any and he made an impression when he came on as well. So you know, just we'll have to wait and see how that pans out over the next day. Yeah. Ken is can you put your finger in any way into why so far now what we've seen and this was the big weekend obviously with the two games last week Limerick kind of blew clear away uh, for a finish and you know Dublin did to Leash that's what we expected I suppose Leash had problems going into it and, and the Dubs pulled it. but then again the trend to start to follow this week now the Dubs did come back at Kilkenny let's face it but and it took Cork a late goal like to kind of bring it to four points why are some teams kind of up for it and, and the other team why is there such a gap like when we're not used to this? I know it's a different format. It's all new to us. Why is there such a gap? Between, and just like the winning margins are, are, are take the kick any Dublin match. And at one stage now, there was 16 points in that game, remember. Is it hard to put your finger on that? Hard to put your finger on it, really. Like, um, and we're mentioning Dahi Burke there. Really, teams set up, I think, traditional teams set up uh, particularly Kilkenny in their pomp with a very strong hard backline with a ruthless spine like JJ Delaney, Brian Hogan type thing um, I think from the Cork perspective and the tip perspective yesterday um, conceding a lot of scores uh, turnovers in the middle of the pitch um, fellas running down the wings unchallenged a la Garod Hogarty tapping the ball over the bar we, I don't think we saw that even 10 years ago, five years ago. I think uh, from, from the systems that are set up, I think uh, the way teams set up and things like that, you need a rallying call. Now, Cork on, on Saturday, Liam Cahill set up perfectly. He knows his main man, he's tied to Burka. He knows exactly what he wants from him. I think he showed up an awful lot of ball uh, for, for, for Waterford. From, from the perspective of what you were mentioning, uh, Dalo, is we had Tyrone and Johnny Gall hard at it yesterday, right to the death. Yeah. And Tyrone coughed up a couple of chances that could have got a draw. Same with Kevin and Monaghan. It was knockout. It's still in the back of their minds. It's they're still in the back of their minds, Dale, whether we like it or not. It's not knockout. Now, I expect things to tighten up big time. Neutral venues the next day. Matches to be fought out. Leash pride will be dented as well. They'll go at clear. They'll see feel maybe they got the best draw. They'll go ahead yeah. as well. But I think you can't beat knockout situation. We saw it in the club championship this year, all over the country. Everyone went hammer and tongs it. When there's a, not a knockout situation there, you're not prepared to take a yellow or a second yellow or a red uh, to get you over the line, one for the team. So I think the aggression, the intensity of the game, we won't see it until the knockout uh, hurling starts, Taylor. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great answer. Like, because you would be saying championship, championship, but of course the footballers have no return. So, and from now on, I suppose besides the provincial finals, there's no return really for hurlers. They're the only two games that, that will ever return. So, let's look forward to that. Let's Crow Park was weird the first match. I, I, I've been saying the championship has been weird anyway, but like Kenny looked to be just like. 314 to seven points and 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 even I think it got a little bit worse than that but and Reed like looked Reed just looked and Mark 
a fantastic moving tribute to Christy a hundred years. Uh, would have been a hundred if he had lived like, you know, I'd be lucky to live that long, but sure, 59, 58 was way too soon for the men to go. Which was a beautiful tribute to him on Nationwide on Friday night. And, and uh, um, how good is TJ Reid, though? Like, you know, jeez, I yeah. mean, yeah. M- made the two goals and scores the other goal. And, and like, you know, even in the second half with O'Donnell Corbin in some bit, he still was their outlet when they were in desperation. Now, let me tell you, you're on about managers being animators. Mr. Cody was three yards on the field, like, and screaming <laughs> because they couldn't win a ball anywhere. But yeah. our TJ got it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and look, we've often played in games, and every one of us has played in games where you go way ahead, right? And then for some reason, the foot comes off the pedal. And no matter how you try to get the pedal, the foot back on the pedal, it keeps slipping off and slipping off. And the brakes go against you. The referee seems like he's against you. Everything that could go wrong then goes wrong. But like fair credit to and like there's a couple of unsung heroes now got points. I think was it Alan Murphy and you Lawler got the points later on to win the game. But yeah. TJ Reid is just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Like and we saw him in the um we saw him in the club championship as well, late in the game against Tolerone in the first round, whether he, he got a goal out of nothing or he laid it off to, to Owen Reid, who got a goal, but he just is doing it day in, day out. 34 years of age, I think. And Ring, they spoke about Ring about his longevity at 24 years at, at inter-county level. Now, I don't think TJ is going to go on oh. like that in the modern era. But there is a way more games being played in the current climate than there was in Ring's period of time as well. And the, like the game has gone dramatically faster as well. But, you know, to see... I've never saw Ring, but I see TJ Reid, I've seen Henry, but... I think TJ Reid has probably gone to another level again because we'd all kind of recognise that the current Kilkenny team is not as good as the team that Henry would have played with. But And that's no disrespect. It's just that Reid has taken up the mantle of the main player and he has, like his skill level is phenomenal. He, you know, you look at, we said Joe Canning and you look at Patrick Horgan and the risks that they contain. But Reid, for a Kitog, He's magnificent skill. Like the, the ball that he controlled, I thought the best one was the one that he that, that came through a defender in front of him and he, and he, he killed it straight on the holly down below his knee and it kept popped back up into his hand, turned onto his left over the bat. I thought that was a phenomenal. Like we, but we've seen brilliant skill. We've seen Keen Lynch and a couple of the things that he does throughout the championship this year. The skill levels of the players, Anthony, now is way above and beyond what it has been in the past. But to continue to perform at this level that he has done for the last 10 years is a credit to the men. And I'm not a technology guy, but I do have Instagram and I do follow him. And I have seen him. We'll get you on Twitter. We'll get you on Twitter. No, no, I'm not (laughs) going to go down that road, Dale. (laughs) But the point I was going to make about him is that he's in the strength and he's in the gym the following morning after matches on a regular basis. And it is real, like he is lean, but he is so so strong. And the only fella, I, I like you know, the way fellas are big and strong and muscly. He's not that muscly, he's lean. He's a bit like Robbie Heffernan in the walk. And when you see when you're standing beside Robbie Heffernan, you think there isn't an announce on him, but my god, is he powerful and strong. And that's what Reed has. He's like an eel. And if you hit him, I think you'll actually come off worse because I think he I think he's as strong as a bull, but he's great feet and great skill. 
Yeah, the bravery, the bravery is incredible as well. And and look, he's in the gym to follow morning, Mark, but he's only taking money off the housewives coming in doing their workouts. That's a, so he's all on gym like. That, that has to be done too, Della. <laughs> that has to be done, is right. Yeah. Uh, Ken, I know you're on a bit of a time constraint. So, like Mark has mentioned there, that it, it has happened to us all. And geez, I can picture those games where you thought you were cruising and, and the next thing even at club level you know and the next thing it starts getting away from you but we just don't associate that with Kilkenny though Kilkenny in Dublin in particular and I have bad memories of those sort of ones where you know you might think there's a chink of light and then they'll shut it out again all of a sudden but I mean God like they, they were they were lucky for a finish like if if the board had said six minutes instead of four I think um, with, the, with the way Eamon Dillon Every single ball that went up, him and Dylan and Ronan Hayes seemed to just hit it up to us, lads. We, we can beat these fellas. So I know you did say it's good for Kilkenny going into the final, but it's a bit of a worry as well, isn't it? Like the way those two guys yeah, could come like, in and change things. Like you mentioned, uh, Eamon Dillon there, you know, and Afinbar, you know, you talk about hangovers from club championship. TJ mentioned about hangovers from club championship, but he's coming in with a double county medal. He won um, a county hurling medal and then. He scored a winning goal uh, in the football uh, intermediate final for yeah. Finbars as well and wasn't supposed to be kicking football by all accounts. But uh, Maybe that's why he wasn't started. So that, uh, that could be a reason for it. But he was on fire. I mean, he was literally on fire. And I mean, the, the, Matty Kenny mentioned very importantly after the match as well, he said, we aim to go deep into this championship. So that's how Matty's thinking. And Matty's a tough nut. And I'd say at yeah. half time. There was sparks going off that cronky roll wherever they were behind the stand because Matty would have expected a lot more from Dublin. Now, you take the Kilkenny situation of Colin Finley getting his, you know, customary goal. TJ, obviously, brilliant goal. Uh, you mentioned TJ and Keen Lynch. The big thing, Mark, I think about TJ and Keen Lynch with the great players, we talk about first touch, but it's, it's actually a disaster if they don't get their first touch. Because then they pop it into their hands some other way. Connor Whelan, something like that now as well, coming through. They're absolutely brilliant. You see, they, they, they can improvise, even if they don't get the first touch. Because but they're all kid hogs, Ken. They're all kid so hogs, every one of them. Yeah, and, and TJ's only 32, by the way, Mark. He's only a kid. He's in, he's, he's in the peak of his time. Um, you're, you're a bit hard in there. But I just think that Kilkenny, obviously, Paul Murphy didn't start. They started an inexperienced two cornerbacks. Uh, in fairness to Cody, the one thing he doesn't do, you know, he doesn't let, uh, he doesn't rest on his laurels. He makes switches, he makes changes. He has guys waiting in the wings. But I think that Dublin come back, we have to applaud Dublin. It was a tremendous comeback. They showed savage leadership, Crummy and Co, Dara Gray, you know, they all came out big time. The goals were unfortunate for Dublin in the first half. I felt it was just a bit unfortunate the way, particularly the first goal, uh, and you know there's another guy Billy Ryan mad, mad, mad for action but I just think that we have to applaud Dublin they didn't throw in the towel uh, like like maybe some, some other games over the, over the weekend they fake instead of to the very end Leinster hurling uh, you know as you know you're involved in it yourself they play off the cuff more than Munster hurling we spoke about matchups we spoke speak about man-to-man marking we speak about sweeper systems Leinster hurling is different all my life I'm watching it and, uh, you know, hugely entertaining. They play off the cuff. Kikini always play off the cuff and they believe in staying with, with what they, be, uh, you know, they, they trade in. So from that perspective, Kikini were almost caught, but weren't caught. But it is a huge warning sign 
for Cody and his management team. But I think also Dublin and Mark, you know, from you'll take note of that Cork situation. Dublin are going to be a team to reckon with, particularly with the guys that contributed when they came into the came onto the pitch, and maybe they will get a twist out of Liam Rush before the championship is over. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, of all of all the teams that you probably didn't want to get in the draw, I think Dublin were the one team because I think Dublin will take an awful lot of solace out of the game, out of the performance. I think even though they didn't get over the line, they'll all be saying to themselves, "Lads, we are here now with a realistic opportunity. We nearly, we nearly skinned the cats." And like there was a bit of in the first half, maybe they stood off them and gave them the three goals. Anthony, it was kind of maybe, maybe. A little bit like they were a bit shy and getting getting stuck into them. But once I think did they move um move Connor Brock to sweeper. sweeper. That yeah. possibly had a help. That turned the game he, well. They did it just before the third goal, which was really genius again, winning, popping to his buddy Colin in then, and of course he finishes. They had done it just before that, but actually good chat, do you know, the usual cup of tea there, Ken and Club Park, but a good chat with Ronnie, Adrian Ronan and, and Michael Walsh who were doing it for, and like I was nearly on about, Cody would be saying three games, or doing the commentary three games away from winning All-Ireland, and they look so good like, and Ronnie said, Jenny Dale, you wouldn't want to be listening to Kikini FM, we were nearly saying they'd have to go out to their training centre in, is it Dromore or somewhere like that, yeah. uh, the following day Dunford, to get a good Dunford, session yeah. in, because there was no intensity for them, so even day, but, but Michael Walsh said, Dale, as soon as Kikini put, or Dublin put Conor Burke back, yeah, they shored up the area and the match turned from there. If you actually watch it again, if you get a chance, he said, and he said it, the match absolutely turned in terms of no freedom for Wally to get on the ball and run with it like we saw the first two points he got. TJ Din O'Donnell picked him up for the second half, and um, I think Dublin will consider sticking with that and then starting him and Dylan for sure. You hold running Hayes, I don't know. I, I, I would expect that Dublin might say, Ella, you know, Ella Waterford under Derek, Ella, Ella Wexford under Fitzy, that they're better set with a Connor. But he, because he was actually not too good at wingback, Mano Mano on, on Walter Walsh. But he's like, he showed it against Leash as well. He's a superb sweeper. His yeah. vision and his first touch is second to none, like, and that's what you want in a guy going back there. And like definitely going in against Cork, they'll be saying to us, the longer we stay in the game, the better opportunity we'll actually have a winning it. I mean, they went to a situation where they were, I don't know, was it 316 to 13 points down? They were 12 points down in the 56th minute and came back to level it. Like, I, I think the longer they stay in the game, if they go over the Sepa straight away and they, and they deny Cork scores up front, I think the pressure could come on Cork at that stage. And, and, you know, we, Dublin look, and when we mentioned Anthony after the Leash game, that their hurling was excellent, their physicality was excellent, their attitude was excellent, and they now have three lads that came off the bench, Dylan Shute and Ronan Hayes, and they all made a contribution. I think he he might start one of them, but he certainly will want to keep a couple of them in reserve because there's nothing like coming down the stretch when you see one of your better players coming and say, this fella is going to give us a lift, he's going to give us a few scores, and when the game is tight, and the opposition will also look at it and say, "Jesus, this was coming on. He was excellent the last day." So, yeah. I, I think I think Dublin are in a good position after the weekend. I thought the goals they, I thought the goals Kikini conceded were soft by Kikini standards. Like the first goal, like how many times would you get on the inside there? Like Cody would be furious with that. You all are. You can't let a player inside there and get a goal. And like, look, 
Owen Murphy's been a fantastic keeper, probably one of the best in the country for a long time. Like Tom Ryan told Joe Quaid back in the 90s, there's no point in blocking him if we're going to be tipping him out to the forwards on the way in. You know what I'm like, so again, I, I think that he'll be, he'll be disappointed with his touch there on Donald Brooks shot. But again, those goals. But you commented on the telly as well, to go back to TJ Reid just for one more second, right? I thought that his moment of genius was his flick for Adam oh. Murphy's points. That was just... Oh. Incredible, like of all the things he did during the game, right? Yeah, if you just slow, slow that down, right? He holds the man off with one hand, he shows his strength, right? He knows exactly what he's doing. He flicks the ball one hand straight into the path of Alan Murphy. What a piece of skill if you haven't seen it. He had to tilt the ball, tilt the hurley, TJ, to get it into Murphy's path. Like, you know, he would have had to side the side of the boss on the ball to get it right down. Like, you know, if he just tapped it. Would have gone outside yeah, Murphy, but he yeah. tilted the hurling. It, it, it was perfect. Was was was. I yeah. uh, look at it. it. Was a weird one to assess. I think the jury is still out, maybe on both after us. Dublin certainly will take a lot out of us. Cody then will be. You can. We were on about Wexford training. You can imagine Cody uh, tonight uh, training as I well, like or tomorrow night. Um, quickly, while we have you, Ken, I know we're dragging the arse out of your time now. Okay. We'll you for an hour, and we're going over. Have Waterford landed on one of the best managers in Hurland? Well, I suppose it's, uh, you know, with a, 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 a sour taste in my mouth from the point of view of being selfish about what Liam Cahill has, you know, contributed usually to Tipperary Hurling in the last number of years. We forget maybe that Liam was also a selector with uh, Declan Ryan in 2007 when Tip won the minor All-Ireland, when all the matters came true and co- Noel McGrath and Co. So Liam has been around a while. He served his apprenticeship. Um, eventually he got the break uh, to be his own man. I think Liam's ambition would always have been to be his own man. Um, he came across a gem in Mikey Beavens because Mikey Beavens was a brilliant player only for his uh, physique, probably would have been an easily uh, an outstanding county forward. But what a brain uh, box Mikey Beavens is. To meet Mikey Beavens, you know, on the street, lads, he's bouncing on, on the street in front of you. He's talking hurling. He dissects the game so well. And I think they're an amazing partnership. Something like Clough and Taylor in their in their pomp because they know exactly what they're about. Liam brings the passion and, and the drive. Uh, but Mikey brings the exuberance. But also, uh, Ala Kinerk has is a thinking, Eamon O'Shea, is a thinking man's game, knows exactly what they're about. I never doubted for one moment once Liam left the Tipperary uh, 20 setup that he was going to be a success with, with Waterford. He has a passion for the game. He has a drive for the game. But he's a he's wanting lads that, that uh, I suppose, you need at this level. He is that ruthless streak. And you, by God, you respect Liam or it's at your peril. And from that perspective, I think... Um, I'm not surprised about uh, the victory last weekend. I felt Waterford, Cork were there for the take, and Waterford had had the situation well weighed up. But the one thing about it is, he doesn't suffer fools deadly. You either step out to the mark, you produce the goods, and from his perspective, it's a big, it's a big, uh, big blow really to Tipperary Hurling in the sense that, you know, he he had so much success with tape, but he has to serve his apprentice somewhere else. I just hope he gets that opportunity. Because once he's in with Waterford now, it's all in. There's no, yeah. there's no hiding now with Liam. Liam's um, there for so. From that perspective, I think you can see it. 
in Waterford. They're hugely respected. The players respect him in a big sense. There's that um, sense in Waterford, obviously, that they need uh, to, to prove a lot of people wrong. They need to, to prove the skeptics wrong. So from that perspective, I think Liam also has, has the uh, fill-up of a good, good Waterford team hungry for success. Yeah, no, in fairness, and, you know, a couple of high-profile pro- emissions from the panel at the start of the year, then Philip Mahoney decided he wouldn't play. Um, no big deal out of, out of Liam, no, no, you know, hysterics. And, and then, you know, losing his captain, his free-taker, and then losing Dara Fives during the week and just armored And, you know, um, I think we heard more about what Cock were missing. I, I, I absolutely think this fella, you know, having come across him on the sideline with Limerick and, and Tip, He's cold, he's, he's tough. He's, he, you summed him up very well there, Ken, I think. Yeah, there's that famous one with the Miners when they were beaten and they came back through the round robin to win the All-Ireland. But uh, there was the famous one where they played a challenge game after being beaten in the Minor Championship and they tugged out in club colours and uh, the lads were sort of looking for the Tipperary jerseys and he says, lads, you won't get the Tipperary jersey again until you earn it. And uh, that, was it. that was in a challenge game, you know. So yeah. that sums up the coldness of Liam. But also... He'd be ultimately very fair. He would know exactly what he's about and he's thriving in that leadership role. Yeah, he married into the gainers as well then, so he couldn't <laughs> get, he'd get at every angle advice-wise. Chiseled in ash, chiseled in ash, yeah, definitely. But, but, but Ken, Ken I, I suppose from a selfish point of view, Ken, isn't it, isn't it brilliant from a succession planning point of view in Tipperary that he actually is cutting his teeth in an inter-county team because at some stage... Liam Sheedy is going to depart the, the, the stage and maybe yourself or, I don't know, maybe Nicky or... But Liam Cahill will certainly be probably one of the favourite men to probably step into the shoes of, of Liam Sheedy when he steps off. I, I think it's it's a big bonus for uh, for Tipperary long-term. Oh, without a doubt. And Liam's a very proud Tipperary man, you know, and uh, has been involved in Tipperary hurling all his life. So from that perspective, I think uh, that's a no-brainer. I think Liam would be the front-runner um, but I think there's a lot of time in, in Liam Sheedy yet. Liam Sheedy's a young man and he's a young management team with him. And I think uh, a lot of things will be disproved yet before the year is out. But definitely, I suppose, from a selfish point of view, we'd like to have kept him with the 20s. But yeah. from maybe maybe looking in, from you, Mark, looking in, yeah. it's, a, it's, a bigger, it's a bigger step for Liam and it's serving a great apprenticeship. Yeah, like I suppose the way I look at it, if I was in Liam, Liam, he's one of these minor, he's won the two last under 20 and 21s. There was no more really to achieve and to avoid staleness, I'd say keep him fresh. The next step was go to an inter-county team like, and, the, you know, from a travel point of view, it's not 100 miles away from him, like it's down the road. And I think it's a, I think it's a massive, massive help for Tipperary long-term because I think you, you have a great manager in Liam Sheedy as it stands right now, fantastic. And Tommy and, and, and Eamon O'Shea in the background and Dara Egan, fantastic guys. And they'll obviously be given plenty of time. But the way he's able to cut his team with very, very good players in Waterford and, you know, Waterford are rebuilding again, I suppose, after the Derek years and stuff like that. I think it's a massive bit of work for Tipperary. Yeah, the big Philip was to bring Mikey Beavens with him because Mikey would have young family as well uh, living in Boris Lee. That's a fair old trick down to Waterford. So, uh, I think that was the ace in the pack for him to to get him on board and to pick a good management team, to have a good management team down there. But um, it will be a hugely interesting championship. And I think it's all the better to have Waterford involved as well because they have that bit of flair, that bit mm-hmm. of substance. And I think yeah. they have a big point to prove as well considering what has happened the last few years. Yeah, TJ, on the, on the prediction front, um, 
I fairly got things wrong anyway this week, but uh, uh, we both went for Cork um, as opposed to the Waterford men, which you could probably understand, and the Cork man. And Ken, good luck. Thanks a million for your time, Ken. Mighty man. Uh, fair good play. Uh, See you, fair uh, and up for it as always. Thanks a million for Go joining on. us. Cheers. Cheers, Ken. But TJ, we, um, we both felt that Cork would come through on this one. Like, um, they were fairly blown out of it, weren't they? They were. I, 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 I'm, I'm a little bit stumped here and we, we, we kicked Landers on a while and he gave us the, the, the inside track and, and, and the Cork set up so I'm sure he won't be pulling any punches I just don't know for me is that as good as they are I, I, I'm not so sure I think they have a lot of very good players I think they have a lovely forward line that should be delivered more I think that they're playing very much individually like they got 44 shots at the post in the game right, which tells you there's a lot of quality there but they lacked energy and drive. They lacked a spirit and a hunger and a passion. And if you remember early on, we had David Russell on the pad and he was kind of saying, well, sure, how is it possible for this car team who haven't won all Ireland so long to not be hungry? And, you know, it was a lovely prize at stake again to be in a Munster final and we didn't see it. And I just don't know. I was watching the game and you're kind of saying, are they in between plans? Are the in-between stuff that they don't like sometimes they go along? Are they, are they all over the place? Like Tiger Borka had a fantastic game, and we all know he's a fantastic hurler, and he played the old deep line centre back role. It wasn't a sweeper role. But Jesus, at some stage, if you were involved with a club team, right, Della, and they can't you're kind of saying the six box, right? He's sitting in the six box. Will you just have a look up, right? If your club team kept putting ball down top of that, I think you'd be fairly furious. And like for me, Cork have a lot of intelligent people in this setup. To be fair to them, guys around hurling around teams a long time, and I'm confused. I don't know what the internal view is. Like I think Mark said that, like before, was there is there a little bit of a staleness about this team? It probably looks like that now from the outside. And I'm asking myself the question: If you were in Cork, where do you go from here? Is there wholesale changes coming now? Do you stick with the tried and trusted? Is it too late? And I, I, I just don't know. There's just loads of questions. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I have to say, Mark, a bit like tip now, when I saw the team, you know, I know last Monday now I went for Cork, but when I saw the team, it just wasn't as... And I know now they were dealt a few blows, you know, with injuries and that. And I even think Aidan Walsh got hurt in the warm-up, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and obviously the Colm Spillane thing as well disrupted the full-back line. We thought he was back and we... I didn't know there was confusion about that injury and there still is, I think, and maybe clarified now that it was yeah. dislocated. But when I did see the team, I I, I didn't... Um, and I only got the... I only was able to watch the match Saturday night and I knew the result, which is always a, a funny one, isn't it? Like, yeah, you, you can be yeah, very, yeah, you, you, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can be very analytical, but you have no element of surprise or oh, you know what's well, going to happen. Well, like. I, I definitely would prefer to turn off the phone if you're going to watch the match out, just yeah. turn off the phone because something's going to take you... Jesus, did you see the game? Wasn't the boys great? Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't a disaster. So it's always a killer that way. But do you know what? I, this, 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 this result didn't happen this week. This result happened eight or nine months ago, in my opinion. And, um, and what I mean by that is that I went down to Welsh Park this year. Delighted in one hand that Kieran Kingston was back in the fall because he'd done a very good job. Uh, he's very experienced. He's been there in 12, 13, 14. 
uh, stepped aside in 15, came back in in 16 and 17 as the manager, had a poor first year, a v- excellent 17, and then stepped away for a couple of years again. And I said, you know, the players were anxious to get him back. And I'd say he felt himself, I can get something out of these players. And went down to Welsh Park, first league match of the year, and I said, geez, this is great now. I said, Keon is back and he'll, he'll do a great job with these players and he knows the systems well. Looked at the two teams then, I looked at the Waterford team, so right, okay, no Austin Gleeson, Kevin Morn, Parig Manny, Philip Manny, uh, Jamie Barron, none of them playing. And I looked at the Cork team and said, Jesus, they've 13 or 14 of the first 15. Got two goals in the first three or four minutes of the game, said, right, it's going as predicted. And then after about 10 minutes, it was like you shot the whole lot of the Cork team. Every one of them went back into their shells and they started hurling the ball laterally over back the field and no real go forward, no bit of drive and spunk and, you know, the real stuff that you really want in your first league match. And I say Kim Kingston was looking at himself and saying, what's gone wrong here? Because these, like, we got the perfect start. We have our best players in the field. What's gone wrong? And then you look at the Waterford side and you said, you know what? New manager here, new blood, freshness. You know, lads, we don't have all the stars here today, but there's plenty of opportunity for any of you who want to stick up your hand and be on the championship team. And we will be playing Cork, in, which was the wrong Robin. We will be playing them here in Welsh Park in a couple of months' time. So I want you to set out a marker. And one of us set down the marker that day. So then we have your pandemic with a massive club championship in Cork. And we were all lauding, you know, Black Rock and the Glen in the county final and the Douglas and the Black Rock and the quarter-final game and how good the quality was and all that. And then you see the team on Friday night. And I'm not joking you, I've never got as many text messages when I saw the team on Friday night. It was like every supporter in Cork wanted to say, no, nothing new, no freshness. Uh, we're still shuffling the same players and expecting the same result. And I, I kind of, and I know the, the club championship went on longer or maybe... He didn't give the, the team as much preparation time and stuff for that, but the players still did come in off of the back of a very good championship, and we can make all the excuses we want, but you still can't make an excuse for a team that doesn't stand up and go toe-to-toe with a team. And if you only go there for 40 minutes, that's fine. Give me what you've got, and we'll take you off and replace you with somebody else. But these players are not giving their all. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, that Liam Cahill story about the jerseys, you know, that really is something that could be, could be thrown a cock at the moment in terms of the players. Because I don't think those players left themselves down, left themselves, you know, give their 100% on, 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 on Saturday evening. I mean, I think, and like, even though I picked Waterford last weekend, when I saw all the stuff about Ring on, on Friday, yeah. right? I tell you, there was a tear in my eye and my heart was thumping. There was a tear in mine and I'm from Clarecastle. Right. <laughs> like, I, I'm not joking you, Dela. I, I really, and I said to myself, like, they'll surely come out now and really show the honour and the pride in Cork on Ring's birthday. Like. And by God, I tell you this much, it was one of the worst performances I have ever witnessed. And, I, and like, this particular team have had poor performance. Like, I, the word is consistency, is what I've always been saying, is if you're not good enough, fine, but just give me the consistency and give me the heart and the determination and the, the, the balls to go and take on a team head-to-head. But, like, 
to start Derek Henry and then play him in a reduced role and Caelan Lines and come along to score one-two from play for wing back. Talk about really getting it. I won't say getting it wrong, but it, like really, I said he'd be looking back and say, geez, why do we leave him on his own? No. If you had VAR, you'd probably be looking at the, the, the goal decision that he did definitely carry the ball seven or eight steps and it wouldn't have been disallowed. But there was three defenders didn't get a finger on him. Like, now they're talking about Gerard Hagerty getting in for the penalty. At least he had fellas hanging off of him and he probably deserved the penalty. But, but Mac, really, really disappointed Dale on the overall. Yeah, Mac, I, I, the only thing I will say about these players, right? Like, these, these are good hurlers. They're good players. They're good forwards, right? Like, Shane Kingston was playing very well, right? To me, there's a little bit of a system breakdown here. You can't have Shane Kingston playing a centre forward on top of his game, right? And he's coming off the centre back, right? Looking for that lovely ball. And then you've got fellas. And we saw some of the clips of the Cork defence and the ball they were hitting. To me, I think there's a small fix needed. And as I said, I do think the intelligence is around the setup to fix it. They're in between systems. They don't have a game plan that suits Cork, right? To me at the moment. I think if they fix that, I think the scoring power is there. Look, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm confused. I, I did tip them. I did think that Cork were an outside tip for the All-Ireland. I thought they had the scoring power there. And, you know what I mean, they've kind of made a bit, made, made a bit of a fool of me there. Like, to see Alan Cadigan, Seamus Harney, Conor Lehan, and I know, I actually know some of these guys have met them out. They're genuine, good guys. They're, they're, they're good, top class fellas. Top class fellas. And, and they are good hurlers. I will de- like, I've watched them and I've seen them close to winning All-Ireland a couple of years ago. I think if you look at... Basically, what way they're trying to play here, right? I think it's breaking down. I think, Mark, I think, I think if they could fix that, now they have a very, very short window, and I don't, I don't know if it's fixable, and I don't know like what the future holds. As I said, like even this week, Delo, if you're a manager of Cork, right? Are you tried and trusted? Or are you yeah. saying no? Have to change you. Short turn on Mark. Can I just can I just ask you one thing, right? Just from a real cock man's point of view, and we feel your passion there with what you said. Is there a danger that there's a bit of a double whammy here, right? In that this, you know, the older players I'm talking about. No, they're not old, yeah. like no, and Hoggy's still doing it, like in fairness, team, right? But is there a danger that that team start to peak in 2018 with the Limerick game and? the mess of Nicky Quaid moment and maybe that might have been their time and, you know, and there's that, right? And then the other side of it then, that these 20s and 21s and minors have failed to collect the, the Celtic crosses when they were the yeah. best team in the country in lots of people's minds. Is it a double whammy effect, do you think? But like most of the Waterford guys now that are brought in, remember, a lot of them anyway have minor under 21 medals, you know, the Aussies and the Tigers and all these guys. They, yeah. they have won all Ireland's like, whereas a lot of these guys just, just don't have that middle. Well, the, the first under 21 with the Mark Coleman, Shane Kingston, Dara Fitzgibbon, that was a real killer now because we we turned to play with a monsoon in the second half and we were two points up and tip beat us. That was a real killer. And that, like, we shouldn't have been lacking in hunger and desire to win that under 21 because we hadn't won one for two decades. So, like, the lads, I think, struggled to get over the line. We were beaten in the minor final a couple of years ago again. We were beaten in the under-20 last year. Well beaten by Tipperary. Now, saying all that, you obviously must have two panels together. There's probably 20. Any, like You surely can get 30 lads together. And this is what I mentioned earlier on about a panel working in the background for your Kieran Kingston's. And I know when Kieran came in in 2016, 
he had 10 or 12 fillers. And I think Mark Coleman and Dara Fitzgibbon and Robbie Flynn may have been in that 12 or 13 fellas in the background working on a strength and conditioning and knowing that their future was assured. And like we've shown a pathway with development squads from 14 to minor. I think we have lost those 220 panels. Somebody needed to take over those lads and give them the pathway to look within two or three years, you're going to be involved in senior because you have proved that you've been good enough to get to this point and we need to continue that on your pathway of development. So that is one issue. I think the changing of the manager is no help, Anthony, because Kieran did two years, then John Moyle did two, two years, and now Kieran is back in on a three-year stint. There's no continuity there. And the work that was done in 17 and 18 by Kieran was a continued, on, uh, sorry, 16, 17, was a continued by John in, in 18, 19. I'm not 100% sure of that. And that's where I think one mistake that was made, and where it was, I know Shane was in and around the panel and maybe he wanted to give Shane some breathing space and stuff for that. But I do think he would have been better off to commit for another two years and try and build on the work that he had actually done. Because when he came in at the start, he left, like he has shown a rootless streak because he has left the likes of Shane O'Neill and Pat Cronin and other players go, having played in the league that year and keeping them up in Division One. So he has shown that streak that he can move fellas on that have had their time. And now we're back. I think he's back into a situation, Anthony. Now, he's not going to get time to correct it, right? Because you can't correct this situation in a week, right? And even having the match played, you know, I would have said he'd have been hoping for a leash maybe or a clearance and no disrespect to either of those two teams. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, He would have been hoping for maybe one of those two teams in the next round. Now I think if you're... I heard that draw this morning. There's a bit of a pit in the stomach now saying, Jesus, we're after getting a tough draw here now because Dublin will be physical and Dublin will definitely think they can have the measure of Cork in this situation. We're wounded. We want to see a response. And to be fair to Cork, they have turned over Limerick TJ, went down to the Gaelic Park. Was that last year, the year before? Last year, last year. And, and turned them over. Like, so, like, Cork have that ability to be able to do it. But like, remember this, we plucked Mark Ellis out of the stands who, was this, who wasn't even on the panel the week previous and he played something back against Limerick that day. I don't think they'll be able to pull a rabbit out of the hat this week, Dale, or like. Mark, they're better off. They're better off with the game they've got. I think it's a good draw for Cork, to be honest. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be in or out of the championship here now. They've got to go and beat Dublin here and try and build them and move on or else they're out and then they go and try and fix it in long term. Yeah. I think it's a good draw. I think it's a good draw for them. Yeah, Brian I, Lohan. I, I there just, might be more pressure on Brian Lohan in one way that everyone will say you're going yeah, to win. He'd be like. expected to win. Like Lohan yeah. would be expected to win. There's no doubt about that. Well, Mark, yeah. you see, Robbie O'Finn is available again. I mean, that suspension rule I think is a bit silly anyway that, that he missed it, but he'd probably come in. Is there a chance that Owen Cadigan you think will come in? I think Owen Cadigan is going to be back training this week, but I, you know, I think Colum Spillane might have a better chance because Colum has played a number of challenge matches, um, like. Having them available is the first thing. Um, I'd be surprised if Declan Dalton doesn't start against Dublin now. And I was right. surprised and I would have been a big support. I, I think of all the players who've played well in the club championship over the last three years as Dalton, I think the weather, the physicality, all that kind of stuff. There's a question mark about his pace. But I, I think the pace is overrated in some respects. Like he, he brings an abrasiveness to that team that I think will help Patrick Horgan in some respects. Um, and I think that was, that was missing. On, on Sunday um, but like Gareth Fitzgibbon is a massive loss he won't be back into the fold yeah 
Cullum's plan, I think, is probably a, is closer to returning Anthony more than Cadigan, but you might need a Cadigan and, and, and go for it. And you probably expect O'Flynn to get his place, would you? I do, but like, I do, I do, I he do. He was good and for Sarah, or he was good for... Uh, he was good for Aaron Zone. Zone. He, he showed plenty of flashes and he was very good against Tipperary in the league um, at the start of the year, but it wouldn't be a foregone conclusion. I, I think the cock management have a lot of scratching, head scratching to do. They have a lot of big decisions to make. And the question is, is the decision for this game against Dublin or is it actually for the future? Because the lads are in for the next three years. I think they'll be looking at for the future, to be honest. And I think they'll be, I think they will make changes. And and I, I go back to what I saw Friday night. When everybody saw the team, they said, Oh no, more the same. Was it a surprise? Was nobody from Black Rock in 26 man? Um I, I, Michael O'Halloran has gone for an operation, TJ. So he would have been the closest player to the team. I think T, um, Ty DC, who wasn't starting, but, but had a huge effect and would have been in around the panel, wasn't available for the game. The one the one argument I would have is for Niall Cashman. He was why, 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 was it, why wasn't DC available, Mark? Sorry, I didn't know about the weather. I think he was under the weather, Dale, for the, for the match. Okay. So okay, he, okay. Yeah, yeah, but I think he's been training away with the team. Um, but just wasn't available for this game. And um, no, Daniel Meany, I think, has been in training as well. He played midfield. But for me, and I've been saying this about the half-back line, James O'Flynn and, uh, and Niall Cashman are the two players that were outstanding. They, are, they have physicality. They have plenty of hurling. James is more pace than Niall, but Niall still wouldn't be... He, he didn't look out of place in the club championship this year. They're the two players for me. Like, I don't think... I don't think any of the halfbacks in for Cork, Rob Downey, and then um, Joycey and uh, Tim O'Mahony set the world in light on, um, on Saturday night, unfortunately. And, you know, when I see what happened with, with Gleeson and the stroke he pulled in Hannity, you know, I can tell you this much, if Niall Cashman was there, he certainly wouldn't be pulling the stroke, like, because he'd be, he'd be after delivering it first, like. Yeah, you like wouldn't have, would have shamed me down as a shrinking shrink violet either, no, like. No, yeah. but I, I think he got, he got caught with a right smack now, Dalo, and... Saying all that, players are inclined to go down, Dela, and I can tell you, and I go back to a small little story about your your uh, your teammate Fingers O'Connell a couple of years ago, I think it was 1998. It's a good couple of years ago. I, I, I happened to end up marking him, and um, he was coming in along before the game started, and I went to put up my head to shake him, and if he did, he came forward and he gave me a nice little box, a little noggin straight in the forehead, right? And with that... <laughs> I tell you, I hit him one of the nicest slaps right into the kisser, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you know the way you hear the teeth rattling? I says, well, that's square. Then anyway, next of all, I see Johnny Ryan putting up the flag. I says, oh, Jesus, the game has been started. I'm gone. Said, so next of all, anyway, Johnny Ryan rushes in. And I don't know who was refing the game. And next of all, fingers, come here, pal, into the book. And I just gave the thumbs out to Johnny Ryan. I said, thanks, Johnny. I was a lucky man that he saw what happened first because there's not me the fellow who, who retaliates gets caught, like, you know? Okay, yeah. But, um, I'm, not so, I'm not so sure Fingers is an avid listener of the podcast, but Johnny Ryan is, I know. And, uh, so, <laughs> Johnny, I'd be, I be talking to Johnny about this, like, you know, that could have cost us a big game. Like, obviously it didn't on the day. Yeah, but like, but look, the but thing so, about uh, where, Your advice is, like, we, we, we need to get this back, like, that... The Dublin fellas want to be wary next weekend about sticking oh. out their hands to shake hands with a cockman. Well, look, it's as, it's as simple as this now. The pressure is on Cork now, and lads, you either come out fighting now and and on a ring. It's only a week after his birthday, but like the blood and bandage is a reason. We have a reason for that. Like we're a very proud county, 
and Kian Kingston, Jock Cunningham and Dermot O'Sullivan, they need to really get this team lifting off the ground and they only have six days to do it. The county will be 100% behind them. But I can tell you this much, any cock player that doesn't turn up next Saturday, right, should consider his position for 2021. It's as simple as that now, Dela. Right. Okay. You've, you've I, given it to us. You've given it to us fairly straight. Uh, no, can you see? Can you see it happening? Call it. I think I, 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 I can, but I'll have to wait and see what team they'll pick. Like, I, I mean, know, we, that's the I, disadvantage we okay. have from under. Yeah. Would I? I would pick Cadigan. I would pick Colum Spillane. I would pick Decky Dalton. Right. The three of them would be straight into my team from the get go, and you know. I'd be then talking to Hernady and I'd be saying to him, listen, Shami, centre and I'd stop messing around with him playing full forward and hoping the ball goes into him. Play him centre forward in his best position, right? And let the centre back mark me if I'm good enough, like. Um, and then I would be saying, like, Bill Cooper, we know, we know what you're going to get from Bill Cooper, right? But Mark Coleman, you know, Mark, there's a bit more in you. Jamie Bann was allowed to do what he liked over the weekend. There's a bit more in him. Tim Manny, there's plenty holding in him, and I can tell you, plenty timber in him as well. And the same with Downey. The two of them will really have to bring a hardness to the game next weekend. And if they don't, we're in right trouble. Those four fellas now Downey, Tim O'Manny, um, Mark Corman, and Hannity. We need four big performances out of them. And I will be going with Spillane and Cadigan and Dalton from the start. TJ, TJ if, if Matty Kinney is driving across from Galway tomorrow night for training, he sticks on the Irish examiner in association with Renault podcast, would he be bricking it after listening to this? Like, it's, it's fighting talk coming from Landers, I know I have to say. I also think, as well as the, the, the personnel, Mark, right? I do think that the communication and game plan needs to be firmed up. I think they're in between. I think that, as I said, Charlotte, like, like you wouldn't, I wouldn't forgive a club team for putting that kind of ball into a six box, and it's Into very unpark like. You know what I mean? So I think that that needs to be fixed as well as the personnel. But I do agree with you. I think they're fixable, and and, and that is fighting talk. Dale, on a separate note in the game, like to watch it for a moment of shots to the post, it wasn't as an enjoyable hurling game to watch as you would think. Maybe the stats would draw up, right? Are we looking at a significant change in the game here, where literally it's all restarts? And possession, like we know it was 50 shots at the post in the first half. If you add in the freeze that weren't scored, let's say, and a couple of sidelines in, let's say, 23, 24 minutes play, it, like the restarts are now going to be part, well, they are anyway. They're just part of a vital pass. And I said, the good, the really good teams don't give the possession away. They have a shot at the post. What I will say is the amount of wides was probably too many for two good teams. Yeah, and like, look, I, I saw Dahi Regan maybe making a, a, a quote somewhere on social media that, God, like, is it gone, lads, to puck out free point or wide, puck out free point. I'm losing a bit of interest in this, he says. I, like, and Brian Gavin has an interest in Arty again today, lads, and, and how yeah. shallow the refereeing pool is. And like, was it, like, just think about this how big a game did they throw Liam Gordon into yesterday like and like was, he didn't he didn't decide the outcome Limerick were a better team but like I mean Liam isn't a he isn't a 29 year old like and again Sean Stack like and I, I like Sean actually refereeing in Dublin now the times I've seen him himself and Chris Mooney for me would have been 
you know, very up and coming and Sean, I suppose, has real youth on his side and will learn and get better. And you have to go with those guys, I think. You have to guy guys that will learn develop into the good instinct for refereeing and like it was big games to throw them into, wasn't that fellas that we wouldn't be familiar with that? But sure, we don't have that many big refs, like. No, and to be honest, uh, Dale, we've come across Liam Gordon and Thomas's over the last couple of years, and he like Liam's a very good ref, and does that mean oh, when because I won't need him down the road, right? But you definitely he, gone, like you confirming that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's a very, very a very good referee. But the game, the game, the way the tackling is, like you see the, the hang yesterday from some some of the guys, the the, the left hand or said or the loose hand, it's gone very very difficult, and I do think. The coaches are ahead of the game. I think we've got some really, really smart coaches, right? And they're using the ball exceptionally well. And we are heading into a period, and that's why the point I made earlier on, are we looking at where hurling and football potentially could flip, whereas the football, like we were being miles ahead of it for the last number of years, where that could become a little bit more exciting because the hurling is gone very much like Di Regan has said. But Mark, then, then are, are we realistically, and I've seen these cynical fouls, like, have we to look at a sin being option? I, look, I, 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 I mentioned about the um, the Danny Sutcliffe run, right? That was an intentional trip, but it was a strike at a Holly as well. And and uh, look, if he stuck out to Holly and tripped him, I'd say something. But he pulled and he tripped him. That was a red card, in my opinion. It's more than a sin bin, Dela. Um, and I'm going to come back to the technology. If the Gleason incident was picked up on the television and the referee went to a camera and saw the incident, it was a straight red card. There's no question or doubt about that. So I think uh, rugby, I'm taking my lead from rugby here. I think they have it down to a T. And I know fellas will say, oh, we can't be stopping the game for this, that and the other. You only stop the game for the key situations. And to me, there was only one key one. There was two key ones in the Cork game. You had the incident with Gleeson and you had the goal that Callum Lyon scored. He carried a seven or eight steps. If a referee saw that and counted it, it would have been a free out. That didn't win or lose the game for Cork. But there are two decisions that the referee got incorrect that may have had an influence in the game. And I suppose, you know, I will say in, in Sean Stack's defence at the weekend, a lot of Cork supporters were given out that he gave away a lot of easy freeze to the Waterford forwards, but I would give credit to the Waterford forwards. They took on the backs and they went straight at the goals. There was three or four frees conceded right in front of the 21-yard line. But I, I actually think the referee is right to give the forward the benefit of the doubt because the forward has a massive amount of work. He must go out, collect the ball, control it, turn the man, take him on. He's a fella hauling off him and then he must try and score. And heretofore, referees have given frees out and they've given the benefit of the doubt to the defender. I like the benefit of doubt being given to the forward because he has so much work to do. And just a couple of the decisions. On real time, the Damien Cahillan one, I didn't see the flick that he gave across the man's helmet. But when they showed it back in the replay, he hit him across the helmet with the only, he wasn't even near the ball. So there could be no complaint. And Rob Downey, another decision, um, where Jack Pender gets caught the ball over, I think Sean, Sean O'Donoghue said, he came in, Rob Downey turned sideways to tackle him instead of standing out wide and let him courier into him. And it would look like Jack Pender gets actually charged him. So Cork can have no complaints about the referee. But Mac, to go back to what Dale just said there, right, is the coaches, to me, are ahead of the game, right? If you look at the Premiership, right, when the ball goes into the box now, right, there's players practically coached. The very minute you get a touch, down you go, right? Like, the players here, right, it's very, like, there's an awful lot of players very smart 
at buying that free. We saw a good few of them over the weekend. I saw yeah. the referees dishing out a few yellow cards that weren't deserved. So, but is is the game as I said, are are, are the coaches ahead of the game? And, and 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 what I mean by that is ahead of the referees and ahead of the GA. Yeah, I mean Limerick, TJ, like no one, you know, we said our nine points up on holding that halftime lead and looking comfortable for my mind like bear the goal that shouldn't have been a goal like there was a few cynical freeze back in the on in the tip half back line where they said yeah. well they need goals like are they going to bring four back to hit a point what are they going and they're Declan Hannon and Dan Morris he sent on the edge of the square saying well we've two massive men there now and Burns beside them and like it pays you like to give away the free when you're in that situation the clock is running down as well but Dale, we've always given away the kind of a handy free, a pushing it back or a pull it, but not the cynical one. Was it Finton Buck ran after the Wexford fella and threw his two hands around him and pulled him down? And just, who was it? Shane Cooney. Shane Cooney. Yeah, That's but, unbelievable but, stuff, like. Yeah, but is there not an argument for a sin bin? I'm not so sure, like, but I'm throwing it out there to this week. Well, I suppose it, that it, would it, be a bit of The Wexford guys did it as well. Well, well, 10 minutes, there. 10 minutes, you're down to 14, lads. Yeah, well, no. I, I, like, yeah. I know, I know, it's a big change in our culture, like. Jesus, like that was an awful tackle. And, I, I I, like I, and I'm off for physicality, but that is, that is going beyond, you know, to me, the fairness of it. You get a yellow card. What is you want? You know, if you know, if there's 10 minutes to go on, you're not you're on no yellow, taking out yellow there. Like, guys, I said it last week, you're going soft. You're going, and Mac, that's the problem down the cock is right. You're looking for red cash, you're going soft. You need this man up now for the week. The week is coming, right? What Jesus, I will, what I will say, Dello, is don't, don't, don't say, don't go there yet. Here's a question for you with the way the game is changing, right? Would it be a good time? To look at a four-point goal. Yeah, that's another thing you see. That's the other thing. Like in the teams would try and carve out the goals more. And just Q, fairness is done. Low Cusick's analysis yesterday about Tip taking the extra pass. Shemi Canlon, an awful lot of hurlers. Like I, I really said this. Now a lot of the cock forwards would have just tapped that ball over the bar, wouldn't they? Right. Canlon right. right. spotted yeah. Morris yeah. two yards of space only. And right. the goal did. They're willing to take on that. Like, they might have been firing on all cylinders, but they but, do definitely look for the goal. But both goals, you know, Callum Lyons and Jake Morris both of them did exactly the same thing. They dropped the ball on the ground. They faked a pull. The defender went to hook him, missed the hook, and pulled it in the second time. Yeah. I thought it was great skill by both Great players. skill, great skill. But I suppose to you, just point this more that to, to go for the goal rather than taking the yeah. point and the player will yeah. develop a bit more. Look at it. I think it. Let's see now. I think Ken Hogan made a great point as when he was on about the non-knockout element and, you know, there is death in the back of the mind and like Liam Sheedy's two All-Irelands he has come through the back door and yeah. it's no problem to him and, and uh, fair play. You, the winner is the winner. Um, so, there's like just a, let's see how it pans out, I think. Uh, it's do or die now next weekend, Dublin, Cork, Clare, Leash. So, let's see, can we get, you know, a real do or die type hurling and... Uh, um, it's 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 intriguing now to look forward to venues and everything. I I I think a little thing against the Dubs might be going to Torless, and I I expect it will be Torless probably. Just don't have a good record there. I just 
I don't remember a good day there when I was there. One against Limerick, a quarter final, TJ. Um, I don't think you were involved now. I think that was Don Lagrade. He was in charge. Of, yeah. uh, that was the one good day, though. Just so many dog days and hurlers for some reason. And, uh, yeah, the, the only thing so sure the day, and I, I, I think that the Dublin team will be coming in on a very, very good footing mentally. Yeah. I mean, they had a big win against Leash. They'll be getting an awful lot of plaudits around Dublin this week. Any lad going to work this week that, you know, the people that are working with him, they said, Jesus, you had a great game on Sunday. It's a pity you didn't get over the line and you've drawn cock now, not a big gun. Jesus, you, you'd be capable of beating them, like. I, well, I, think, I think they'll be saying you, that. You, you, like, said, you, but you said a lot about the cock mental approach that's needed, like, but there's also an element with the Dublin. I'm obviously still great friends with loads up there and there's an element of why didn't you do that for the whole game? Like, and that, and there is questions about that. You know that did yeah. can he drop off, or 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 or, or is there more in you? And I know yeah, there's more you, in him. You can, yeah, you know they, have to, they have to. They should be looking at this as a half. The, the glass is half full, not half empty. Oh, like, they will. You know? I do will. I do will. I do will. No, in fairness to Matty and Greg Kennedy and the backroom team, like they they have proven Makula how effective they are. Like so, look, look, we yeah, we we'd be intrigued. I expect Claire will win and will recover and. You know, I think there'll be a couple of changes. I think they will. I think Leash will be kicking them, but I think Claire to come through with Kelly's farm and if he can continue that, obviously, Eddie, Eddie will have a plan for that. Like uh, Limerick let him off, probably knowing that a better balance, but I presume Leash will possibly double tag him even, TJ, you know, and, and, and try and cut out that scoring threat. Um, like, you're on about a remarkable turnaround for Cork, Mark. You made a bit of a remarkable turnaround yourself uh, in the Fantasy Hurling League in association uh-huh. with Arua uh, over the weekend. 294 points, Mark Landers. I think it was a record uh, well, for the week. How I did you go back? How did you, thought, how did you call that? You see, you got on the week of county championship out of the way last weekend. I thought you the big stuff was this weekend, like, and that I was going to have my weekend. Is it 294? Is it top score ever? 294. And Shamie Callan was in that and he was held scoreless. I know, and your transfer window, TJ. The the you had, had a great week, TJ yourself. Now on the like you know on the score no. wise, two thirteen. No. Um, you're still, you're still, you're still there in third. Like uh, your man is still propping up the table. Like you know. No, are you? Are you? So you only started at seventy-two points, like. Yeah. Well, I, I come here. I was tailed off after the first weekend, and I'm after coming back on the bridle now, Dela. Yeah, and Larry, Don, Donald Bourke was the key one for Larry. I tell you, I still do it, and he's still adding for this weekend as well. The insider trading, the insider trading. But come here to me. Have, have we got um, have we a transfer window now? Is it this yeah. weekend or the weekend yeah. after? After this Tuesday, weekend? no. After Tuesday, when when everything is confirmed with venues after, and, and after. the draws today. So the from tomorrow window. sometime, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So you can make confirm four that later on, Larry. Go yeah, on, you, can, you can make four changes, Mac. And you can right. go to a maximum. You can go to a maximum of three per county, and you can do it from Tuesday up to Saturday. We had a selectors meeting at home last night. We have a couple of changes planned. New we, captain, yeah, new captain. There's a couple of couple of key couple of key changes uh, coming down the track for me. Who who who's after? My captain. Tell me, my captain, tell me who did my, you drop? I can't tell you, Mac. Ah. Uh, uh, I, I, I'll tell I'll tell you later in the week. But you have to, you have to have a look at um, the games. The 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 Clare boys know. Like you have to kind of try and see who's going to get two games. So the Dublin Cork one is tricky. So if you've got Dublin guys, are you going to get one game or are they potentially going to get two games? Because right. if, you pick, if you pick them now and they get beat, they're no good to the following week. So there's a the tip there. Okay. That's, yeah, well, okay. That's an interesting one now. 
I'm saying absolutely nothing. And how long does the transfer window? <laughs> when is the next transfer window? Is it before, before the the before second back Before the All Ireland semi-final. Yeah, All after right. the Munster, after the Munster and Leinster finals, I'd say so, the quarter final. There will be another one there, TJ. I think. No, before no. The it's, it's after the quarter finals. Oh Jesus! We better pick carefully, Landers. You better take an hour out this time. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, my captain rescued me from a potentially poor week. Aaron Gillan, double points. What a game he played. And uh, we mentioned it, just, just to touch on it, lads. Um, and we go back quickly to the, we finished up. I suppose we're going on and on again. But, uh, uh, geez, for some moment in the hand and back run and uh, Maher, he's hurley after the catch. Unreal, <laughs> unreal. And the kick I think the two of them nearly had a smirk at each other. Like, you know, <laughs> like obviously, Gillan's hurley had disappeared as well. So, you know. Actually, oh, he's some knacky, he's some knacky man in the air, lads, indeed. Did that puck out? Was, was, was that directly from the puck out? Because you couldn't see him tell you, or, no. or was it a sharp puck out? No, it went. You know, it was a long puck out, but it, it went straight. And and Tip fell asleep. Tom Morrissey won the puck out, and he, I say, was going for a pint, and swiveled onto his left and let it in and edge of the square. And there was there was because man, so we, we couldn't see that. We, we saw the ball dropping in. Yeah, we were sure showing the replay the other goal. Sure, like that's, that yeah. was goal. I was going on, but yeah, but they got a lot from direct puck out. Slimrick, they got way more than because obviously the type of player they have winning ball and. and as we said about Brian Hogan, didn't have that winning ball out of it. But credit to Gwyn, lads, like on our on our our fantasy league uh, examiner team, uh, Paddy Hearn still in front. Paddy dropped back to second Saturday night, but uh, the Ban- the Ballon man is gone back on top. And uh, Jared Fahey from or Jared Garvey, a bit of an expert at this stuff, Jared is uh, gone back into second. I think we four of the first five, Larry. Um, if I'm right in the overall table of all the entries yeah we've so we been in our old man up there in fifth as well yeah I tell you credit to the listeners here the pod, Irish Examiner podcast that uh, you know your stuff lads um, it's a pity the panel are a bit far back down the pack <laughs> but uh, we'll be walking we'll be walking on the transfers so great stuff lads we'll have fixtures I suppose later on today and, and we'll know where we're watching from the weekend I, I I don't know, telly-wise, is it a big weekend of football or what we'll see? I suppose the temptation would be that, that somewhere we'll be able to see it anyway. With the Sky, Sky, have, won, Sky have one of the games on Saturday, one of the qualifier okay. games on Saturday. Okay, so um, they'll be, they'll be, if they have first choice, they'll be going Dublin Cork. So, I presume so. I presume so all so. games are available to us anyway. So, look, we'll... Yeah, look, uh, a bit of a lower-key weekend ahead, but do or die, as Ken said, so... We look forward to the banner being back up and running and um, written off the weaker counties we were described as here live today. Uh, we were called that for a lot, a lot of years. Where we dreamt and dreamt and dreamt and we still keep the dreams alive. It is all Limerick now and it is all the blood and bandage and uh, uh, don't put out your hand to shake hands with any cock man is my bit of advice to the Dublin lads for the weekend. <laughs> Thank you, lads. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.